seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yesterday, 12th January 2022, Gardaí from Tullamore Garda Station attended to an incident following a call from a member of the public. It is every woman's worst nightmare. Whoever is responsible for this will face the full rigours of the law. From the team that brought you the trial of Lucy Letby, this is the trial, Ashley Murphy. On the 12th of January 2022, Ashlyn Murphy, a school teacher, was killed in the Irish town of Tullamore. Her funeral was attended by thousands and many more attended vigils for her across the world. Joseph Pushka is now on trial accused of her murder. He denies the charges against him. I'm Nicola Byrne, Deputy News Editor for The Mail on Sunday in Ireland. I'll be in court every day reporting on the trial as it happens. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheatham. Together, we'll examine what's happened in court and bring you the details behind the headlines. Today, we'll explain that Joseph Pushka allegedly told police from his hospital bed that he killed Ashlyn Murphy. The court was told that speaking through an interpreter, he told police that he was the murderer. He also allegedly admitted telling Ashing that he wouldn't hurt her. But as she passed him, he stabbed her. And we'll outline that DNA found allegedly had a one in one billion chance of belonging to someone other than Joseph Pushka. Welcome to episode four, The Confession. Nicola, in the last episode, we heard about the evidence of a woman who said she was being followed by Joseph Pushka in the minutes before he allegedly attacked and killed Ashlyn. Yes, this is a woman called Anne-Marie Kelly, who told the court she felt so uncomfortable by the presence of Joseph Pushka as she walked her dog in Tullamore on January the 12th last year, that she even considered crossing the canal to get away from him. 
A few minutes later, the prosecution say he turned his attention to Ashling, stabbing her 12 times in the neck as she walked along the Grand Canal after finishing work for the day. We also heard that Ashlyn's Fitbit captured the moment that she was attacked and died because it was tracking her heartbeat. And what we've heard, Nicola, since the last episode is that Joseph Pushka allegedly made a confession to the killing from his hospital bed. So it's worth just walking back to the end of the last episode and what we heard in court then was that in the hours after the killing... Joseph Pushka was captured on CCTV, getting lifts in various cars to various places. And he ended up at his parents' house in Dublin in the early hours of the next morning. That's January the 13th. And later on that morning, at around 11am, an ambulance was called to that address. Caroline, Joseph Pushka told paramedics he'd been stabbed. This is according to the prosecution. And he was taken to the nearby St. James's Hospital in Dublin's South City. When he arrived in the hospital, and because he said he'd been a victim of crime, Garda Connor Newman of Blanchardstown Garda Stations was one of two policemen who went along to interview him and offer him their assistance. The officer told the court he asked for a translator for Joseph Pushka to make him more comfortable. And Nicola, what he told the officers at that point was that he'd been stabbed the day before in Blanchardstown. Now, just to go through the sort of timeline that he gave them, he said he got a lift up to Dublin, having left Tullamore on the 12th of January. He then got another lift to Euston Station, which is in Dublin city centre, and then flagged down a taxi out to Blanchardstown. Now, when he got out of that taxi in Blanchardstown, he said he was attacked by two men and stabbed, he said, in broad daylight. He said one of the men had darker skin than the other. He then said that he went to his father's apartment, but he couldn't remember how he got there. And he also told the officers that he got scratches on his body and his arms when he was running away from his attackers. But Caroline, the story really didn't add up and the officers weren't happy that the account was so vague. Towards the end of their conversation in the hospital that day, Joseph Pushka's heart monitor went off. A nurse came in to assist him and the guardie withdrew. Garda Newman said to the jury, we weren't really satisfied with the answers he gave us. He didn't really give us a clear line of inquiry. I knew there was more to the story. There were holes in the story. So he and his colleague Garda Paul MacDonald went back to Blanchardstown Garda Station and reported back to Detective Inspector Shane McCartan. And he agreed there were lots of pieces of the jigsaw that could not be put together. He also said it just did not add up. Now, he told the court, I was aware of his nationality. I was aware that he was residing in Tullamore. And we came to the conclusion that the information we were in possession of may be of material assistance to the investigation of the murder of Ashlyn Murphy. So he said he made contact with Tullamore Gardy and outlined what he knew, including that Joseph Pushka had travelled from Tullamore to Dublin on January the 12th. And almost immediately, Nicola, two detectives from Tullamore were sent to Dublin to meet Joseph Pushka. 
Yes. These were Detective Sergeant Brian Jennings and Detective Garda Fergus Hogan. They said they arrived at St. James's Hospital on the evening of the 13th of January, but they were initially denied access to the patient by Dr. Arthur Hennessy. He was a consultant doctor on the A&E ward and he said that Joseph Pushka was post-operative and wasn't fit to be interviewed. So they came back the following day and there was also a translator on the other end of Detective Sergeant Jennings' mobile phone at that point. And Caroline, initially, Joseph Pushka, he repeated his story about being the victim of a stabbing. He said he'd met a man called Tom on the road between Muckler and Tullamore and he'd given him a lift to Dublin's Euston Station and from there he flagged a cab to Blanchardstown. Now they asked him why he was going to Blanchardstown and he said he'd been going to meet a woman called Maria or Marion who was possibly, he said, from Hungary. Towards the end of the conversation, they asked if he had a bike and he said he did have a bike, but he hadn't had it for the past two weeks because it had been stolen from outside his house in Mukla. So they asked him if he'd been cycling around Tullamore on the 12th of January and he said no, he definitely hadn't. At that point, he appeared to become unwell, they said. He started to dry wretch. So they then obtained a search warrant to seize his clothes and his mobile phone. And Detective Sergeant Jennings went to meet him again to tell him what was going on. And once again, the translator was on the phone. Now, at this point, Nicola, they told him that they were actually investigating the murder of Ashlyn Murphy. Detective Sergeant Jennings told the court that he asked Joseph Pushka if he'd heard about what had happened in Tullamore. He said he had... He then asked if he was a suspect and the officer told him he was a person of interest. Detective Sergeant Jennings said Joseph Pushka then paused and had a conversation with the interpreter. This is what Detective Sergeant Jennings told the court. His words here have been voiced by an actor. The pause went on for a few seconds. It was a notable pause. Detective Sergeant Jennings said the interpreter then said Joseph Pushka was making an official statement He said the interpreter continued... That he is admitting that he committed the murder. I did it. I murdered. I am the murderer. So Detective Sergeant Jennings then said he immediately cautioned Joseph Pushka that he was not obliged to say anything more and that anything he did say would be taken down in a written note. I asked the direct question, is he saying he committed the murder? And he answered, yes, he said. At that stage, he said he offered Joseph Pushka a solicitor and he said he didn't have a solicitor, but he would like to speak to one in the future. He said he also tried to interrupt Joseph Pushka, but that he continued to speak through the translator. Now, in court, Detective Sergeant Jennings was looking at his notes as he said to the jury. He said, the reason I am pleading guilty, I don't want my family to anything to happen to them, nothing bad to them. I feel guilty. And I say, I regret it. He was continuing to speak. I reminded him that everything was being written down. He understood and he nodded his head, he said. The court heard that the translator then relayed. When I said I committed the murder, I did not do it intentionally. He started asking questions. Is his family? Can they be safe? I explained the police won't harm his family. He continued to talk at this stage. He was concerned that the family of the girl could harm his family. He said, I'm sorry, I regret it. 
I did not do it intentionally. He said he reassured him that his family would be safe and that Ashleen's family were good people. He was awake. He was providing information to me. He was showing concern about himself and his family. He did not try to end the conversation. I was trying to end the conversation. He was upset. He was crying. The interpreter was upset as well. You could hear on the phone. Now, another detective, Detective Garda Fergus Hogan, then gave evidence to the court, and he said that he stepped into the room at that point to stay with Joseph Pushka while the other detectives left. Now, this is what he told the jury, and his words have also been voiced by an actor. He started to speak to me, and I didn't ask him any questions whatsoever. He started speaking, and I wrote down what he was saying. He said, I'm sorry, I'm family, five kids, I see girl I never see before. I have knife. I use for chain. At this point, uh, Detective Garda Hogan said he interrupted to tell Joseph Pushka that he didn't have to tell him anything, but still he continued. He said, chain on bike. I answered, we're going to contact a solicitor for you. He continued on. I told her, go. I won't hurt you. When she passed, I cut her. I cut her neck. She panicked. I panicked. Now, he said to the court that Joseph Pushka then put his finger to his lips to indicate how he told the girl not to panic. He continued on. She panicked. I panicked. And then it happened. Will I go for ten years? He replied. I can't answer that, Yosef. And he told the court. Yosef pointed to his stomach and told me, I do this. We'll pause there for a quick break. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Nicola, we heard this week, as we said, about this alleged confession made by Joseph Pushka in hospital. But we also heard about some significant DNA evidence which was found on Ashlyn. Yes. In the last hour or so, Caroline, the court heard that DNA taken from under Ashlyn's fingernails during a post-mortem examination matched samples generated from Joseph Pushka. This all came from Dr. Laura Flanagan of the Forensic Science Laboratory Ireland. She said the chance of the male DNA profile found under Ms. Murphy's nails coming from someone unrelated to Joseph Pushka was 1 in 14,000. She also said the DNA sample base she used was the Western European model and under cross-examination from Michael Bowman for the defence, she agreed that it would include ethnic Roma or Slovakian samples. 
Now, we also heard in court that a fingerprint matching Joseph Pushka was found under the saddle of the black and green bicycle which was left at the scene of Ashlyn's attack. Now, this came from Dr Kim Connick of the fingerprint section at Forensic Science Island. She said she'd examined the bicycle, which was a falcon storm. Now, it had that dark grey frame and green forks. Now, she said she brushed the bike with aluminium powder often referred to as fingerprint powder, and it developed one mark. Now, she said a mark in that place would be consistent with someone having lifted the bicycle up. There was also more DNA evidence from John Hode, a DNA expert who was recently retired from Forensic Science Ireland. He told the jury that everyone, unless they're an identical twin, has unique DNA. He said he had swabbed the handlebars and gear change mechanism of the bicycle and he was able to obtain a full DNA profile. Now, This profile was then compared with a blood sample taken from Joseph Pushka at St James's Hospital and with a further DNA sample which had been taken from him at Tullamore Garda Station following his arrest on January the 18th. Now, he said all three profiles matched each other and he estimated to the court that the chance of the DNA matching someone else was one in a billion. Now, Nicola, one of the other aspects of the case which we've heard a bit more about this week was that another man was initially arrested for Ashlyn's alleged murder in the hours after her attack. Caroline, yes, this man was actually arrested within an hour of Ashlyn's killing and he was held for more than 24 hours. He was questioned for 11 of those hours. And we also heard that this man was picked out of an ID parade which took place the day after Ashlyn was killed. We heard a bit about this during the evidence given to the court by Jenna Stack, who said she had seen a man crouching over Ashlyn in the ditch. There were nine men in the parade and their appearance matched the general description given by her. During that ID parade, however, she chose number six, but very quickly it became clear his DNA didn't match the DNA found at the scene and he was released the evening after Ashlyn died. So before we finish today, we should just outline a little bit about what we've heard from the Defence Council so far, Nicola. He has been cross-examining a number of the witnesses, hasn't he? Yes, he has, Caroline. And specifically, he asked Ros Gillen, site nurse manager at St. James's Hospital, had the guardie made any request to speak to Joseph Pushka's doctor before they spoke with him? She replied they hadn't. He also asked her whether the police asked if Joseph Pushka was actually medically fit to deal with the guardie before they entered into conversation with them. Again, she said they hadn't. So that's it for today's episode. Joseph Pushka denies the charge of murder and the trial continues. So we'll be back next week with more updates from the court. And Nicola, you'll be there for us again. Yes, Caroline, I'll be there every day and we'll be back Tuesday with the next episode. In the meantime, you can follow us at The Trial Podcast or you can follow me at Radio Caroline. See you then.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.